0: Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Ditton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Praise the Lord this morning. How many bless the Lord this morning? Amen. We will be having Thanksgiving service this Wednesday night, so we will be having church. For those that are here and not traveling, we'll be taking communion as a church as well and thanking God for all of his blessings. Amen. How many know this is a month to be thankful? should be thankful all the time, but this is a special month. And uh, I want to announce too that we announced Wednesday night that we are using today full force our all of our new cameras. Amen. So they're behind you. So make sure that you... Uh, are reading your word and studying and taking notes and not whispering in the person next to you's ear, amen, and talking. So they're behind you. We don't know which one will be used, but uh, we're so thankful that that's all coming together, amen. Also, we have someone translating in Spanish right now, the services, amen, and that's working as well. So all the stuff that we gave towards is being used, amen. Let me see your cell phones this morning. You got your cell phone, your purse, your hand close by. Just pop that up. Let me see your cell phone. All across this place, cell phones, cell phones, cell phones. Did anybody forget your cell phone? No one forgot their cell phone? One person forgot his cell phone, okay. All right. Now, it's amazing how fast we pop them phones up, ain't it? I mean, they're just right there. They're attached to some of our ears, and they're just, bam. Now I want to see your Bibles. Now let me see your Bibles. Pop your Bibles up. All right, all right. If you don't have a Bible, this message is for you. Amen. Not in any condemnation, but I wanted to give that example of how quickly and fast we pop our phones up today, but we're not so quick to have our Bibles. And I want to start to challenge us, it's been on my heart for a while, to get back to bringing our Bibles to church. Okay, so if you didn't bring it today, that's fine. Again, don't take this message as as condemnation but take it as a challenge and there's several reasons that we're going to talk about this morning but one of the biggest ones is to understand that when we use our phones technology is a bonus but it shouldn't be a crutch and unfortunately with the word of God and the things of God phones have become a crutch and uh, we're going to have verses behind us, and we're going to have uh, things that help. Uh, Brian preached on Wednesday night, and I was taking notes, and I, you know, I, I'm still learning. Amen. How many are here are still learning this morning? And I told him, "I'm, I'm going to learn something from you tonight." So I was thankful when he said a verse that I was writing down, and I didn't hear it good, that I could look up at the screen and see the verse and write it down. But the verses on the screen shouldn't be for us believers who are seasoned in the Word of God. It should be for people who are new and don't know about a Bible and don't know they should bring their Bible to church. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you a little bit in your nerves this morning, but it's going to be good, amen? I want to ask you a question. How many are going to go eat Thanksgiving dinner this Thursday? Let me see your hands. Is anybody going to eat some Thanksgiving dinner? Can you imagine if you showed up Thursday, wherever you're going to be and wherever you're going to eat, and you sat down at that table, and you were super excited to eat the turkey and the ham and the stuffing and all the stuff that you're going to eat, but there was no forks. And no one brought forks to eat the food with. How many know that would be a problem? Now, we would probably figure it out, and we would not have very good manners, and we would still eat for sure, right? We would use the hands. But, you know, you don't show up to a restaurant without a fork, and so we shouldn't show up to the church without the Word of God in our hands. Amen. So I want to just begin to challenge us to get these things out again and, and possibly wipe the dust off of them and begin to use them. Amen. Now, we're going to be starting off this morning in the book of Nathaniel. If you want to get your Bibles out, and then we're going to also look after that in Hezekiah chapter 30. And uh, you can just give me an amen when you find that. Say amen. Nathaniel, and then the book of Hezekiah. Amen. If you're looking, that's okay. You're new in the Lord. Amen. We want our babies to be looking, baby Christians to be looking. There is no Nathaniel. He is in the Bible, but there's no book of Nathaniel. And there is no book of Hezekiah. But I said that again, not to, not to make you feel bad, but to get you to understand, church, that we are an illiterate generation when it comes to the Bible. And it's not totally our fault, but we do have to take responsibility. Because of technology, we have become, again, lazy. How many of you have lots of phone numbers in your phone? Let me see your hands. I'm doing lots of interaction this morning. Hopefully, those that are watching, I got to get used to not looking at the camera that's not there anymore. I keep looking to the middle, and it's not there anymore. How many have got lots of phones, phone numbers, sorry, in your, in your phones? How many would be honest and say you don't know most of the people in your phone's numbers? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on this one because you'll get in trouble, but you might not know your spouse's phone number. You might not know your kid's phone number. You might not know your mom and dad's phone number. Why? Because those phones have become a crutch. We just grab it and go, hey, call so-and-so. Or, hey, dial so-and-so, right? I'm saying all this because it's kind of a tactic that the devil has used, and he's kind of lulled us to sleep. And I want to talk this morning... I talked the first month week of this month on, I didn't use this wording, but I talked on the mercy of God, how thankful I am for his mercy. And last week I talked about how thankful I am for his service. Today I want to talk about how thankful I am for his word. I'm here thankful for the word of God this morning. Amen. Are you thankful for it? And I hope and pray by the time. We leave this morning, we're going to be even more thankful. Psalms 119, and what I want I, to do is challenge you going forward to have your Bibles, to write in your Bibles, to mark your Bibles, to underline, to highlight, to learn, to study in your Bibles, and I know it's going to maybe take some, some practice to do it, and here's why. I didn't really give the answer, I got busy talking about other things. Here's why. What happens today if the internet goes down? What happens if the screens don't work? And we've had those issues. What happens if your phone stops working? What happens if uh, an EMP takes place and the power goes down worldwide and there's no more internet and you can't use your phone anymore? The Bible says, your word I have hidden in my cell phone. It's not what it says, amen? Your word I have hidden in my heart that I would not sin against it. And, and, and again, this whole message is, is a challenge, and it's, it's a correction, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, an encouragement, it's not condemnation, but I, I, it will be conviction, and it should be conviction for us, because I don't believe any of us are reading the Bible as much as we should. We're not in the Bible as much as we should. We have so many distractions. We have so many things that call our name. And I want to kind of take this message to encourage us to get to a place where we have a thankfulness and a love for the Word of God and get these things back out. So when you're marking them, I want you to think about this. When the rapture happens or when you pass away, how many know your phone's dying? and the phone's not going to work, and it's not going to be there, and you're not going to be able to leave. I want, this is something I think that I'm going to hit a little longer in this service than I did in the first service. I feel it more on this service than I did in the first service for some reason. But when, when you pass away and go to heaven or the rapture happens, which we know can happen at any moment, what are you going to leave behind for your family or your friends that don't know Jesus? Because your phone is going to be obsolete; it's not going to work anymore. When the rapture happens, the phone is going to be uh, is going to be owned by the government. The internet's going to be owned by the government. It's going to be owned by the Antichrist. There will be no. I promise you, the first thing the Antichrist is taken out is the Bible. The Bible app's not going to be on your phone, and unfortunately, a lot of us in here this morning only are able to look at scriptures because we we go hit the Bible app and tell the thing where to find the. The Scripture. But if you have a Bible, and you are studying, some of us, twice at least, three times a week in a service, and you're listening to verses, and you're underlining, and you're, you're writing things in there, maybe you're writing a date, when you die, you're going to leave something that's going to have right, and this is, this is actually one of my, um, my less used Bibles. I don't have a whole lot of writing in this. I grabbed this one specifically because it's fits good in my hand. I have lots of Bibles myself. But I have Bibles that are full of markings and highlights and notes. And somebody, when they find it, they're going to find something that can transform their lives. Tell them what to do during the tribulation. Tell them how to handle their lives, how to be saved. It's like leaving a legacy behind. So that's why I want to encourage you guys to get a physical Bible. And Brian was mentioning there at the offering that conversation I had. with I had to learn that myself and I was convicted when I first got saved because I went with my pastor who really did a lot of discipling with me. And he said, let's go to the Christian bookstore and let's buy some stuff. He, 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 I, bought a, a, I was just showing David in the office a, a concordance that's like this thick and a, a topical Bible and a commentary Bible and all these different things. And back then, almost 30 years ago, I spent over $100. Imagine what that would be today. And I remember thinking, my gosh, this is a lot of money. I can't afford this. But I realized at the same time that my pastor was teaching me, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And we should be convicted if we buy $200 pairs of shoes, but we won't go buy a Bible or if we just grab a Bible off the shelf when we come in because there's some over there, or or we just grab whatever, we should take pride in our Bible. This should be something that we honor and respect because this is God's written word. Amen? And we should hide it in our hearts this morning. Amen? So I have a provoking question, then I'll kind of get a little bit easier on you, I think. But here's the thing. That verse said, I've hidden your word in my heart. My question this week, I was, I was praying and stuff, and I just had this thought. Then that verse came to my spirit. I have hidden your word in my heart. I thought to myself, how many people have hidden their Bibles somewhere underneath something, somewhere they can't find it? Amen? Now, this is probably not the case in the United States of America because we're so spoiled. Amen? We're so blessed. How many have more than one Bible? Several Bibles, most of us in America. But how many remember the the video I showed a few months ago of those Chinese people getting boxes of Bibles and literally crying over the Bible and holding it close to their bodies because they had never held a Bible in their life? You know, we take for granted the fact that we have this in our country, that we're able to pull it out anytime we want. Did you know that I should have looked it up between services because it wasn't really in in my thinking for this message, but did you know that the Bible is banned in a vast majority of the countries of the world? People cannot read it, and yet we have the Bible in our phone and on our shelf and, and hidden under something where I don't know where it is, collecting dust, and God wants us to get the Bible back out again. Amen? And read it. And, and I don't want us to com- come into November. I talked about this on Friday at Discipleship. We're coming into November. We're actually in the middle of November, and already it's Thanksgiving, and blah, 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 blah. The year's over. Amen? I have time just flying, 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 fast, 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 fast. And I'm just doing that so Juan can try to keep up with me translating because I know what it's like to translate. See, what nasty not these guys to do anything I haven't done. I had to translate for Marcel Hernandez from Cuba one time. Boy, you talk about tough. Amen. I preached my own message. He doesn't know what I said. No, just kidding. Amen. But what I'm trying to say is we've got to get to a place where we fall in love with this Bible again and realize the importance of it. Amen. And in other countries, people wake up this morning, and the vast majority of this world does not know what they're going to eat for lunch. And they definitely don't know what they're going to eat tomorrow. How many know what you're going to eat? not, Not specifically, but you know you have a meal for lunch You have a meal for dinner. You have a meal tomorrow. That makes us a very rare amount of people in this world. And just like we take our food for granted, we take the Word of God for granted. And we need to read it more and we need to be thankful for His Word. Amen? Now here's what they would do in the New Testament. Acts chapter 17. Look at this. Verse 11. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures once a week at church. How often did they search the scriptures? This is a a group of people. When I got saved and I studied to become a pastor, to become a minister, I didn't go to school, but I went online. And my online studies was called Berean Bible College and it was based off these people who are called the Bereans and they would receive the word and we as believers here this morning should be like the Bereans they would receive the word of god and they would go to the scriptures <clears throat> excuse me and they would study the scriptures out and they would make sure that what was being said was so amen too many people, and I'm not su- I know, I hope I'm not speaking to anybody in this place today, but this is happening big time in our churches around the world because there's so many masses of people, and people are preaching messages, and I guarantee you if we, don't have, if we have people in here that don't have Bibles today, I guarantee you in the mega church they have less Bibles. They're, they're just looking at a screen, and people are saying amen and, sh- and shaking their head and don't even know what they're saying sometimes. I gave you that example in the beginning when I said let's go to the book of Nathaniel. I could tell you to go to Mark chapter 17 today and some of you would go looking because you'd, oh Mark, I know Mark. There's only 16 chapters in Mark. We don't know our Bibles. And this is okay if you're a new, if you're a new convert. You, you shouldn't know your Bible. You're new to this. But if you've been here for a while and you've been saved for a while, you should be learning your Bible. You should be reading your Bible. You should be studying the Scriptures as they did daily to find out whether these things were so. And that's the problem we have in so many churches is people are just saying yes and amen, and they don't really know what the Scriptures say. How many are with me so far? Here's one of the greatest attributes, characteristics, or, 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 or uh, another word I have is a quality of a believer is this, that they have a thankful heart. If you want to ask yourself this morning, what does it have to do with the Word of God? It has a lot. If you want to ask yourself, where am I with God? How is my relationship with God? Am I I doing right? Am I in a good place? You need to ask yourself how thankful you are. How thankful are you? It's a very important question. Because, oh, it's Thanksgiving. It's this month. There's there's something about a man or a woman who has a thankful heart. Listen to this. Psalms 103, verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Does anybody know that God's got a lot of benefits? I don't care who you work for or what your job is, what benefits you have at work. If you are a believer, you have a lot of benefits. So many benefits, we don't even exercise them all. But here's an interesting thing. It says, And forget not all his benefits. Did you know that the definition of a thankful person, of thankful is, conscious of benefits received? That means that you are are mindful of the fact that when you get up in the morning and you breathe, God gave you breath. You're conscious of that. That means when you get in your vehicle, regardless of whether you like it or not, it's a good one or not, and you turn that thing on and begin to drive, there's a consciousness in you that I have a car. You go to put clothes on this morning and you look very beautiful and very handsome this morning. There's a consciousness. I know this sounds extreme, but it's true. There's a consciousness in you that I have received a benefit that I have clothes to put on my body. Food to eat a church to go to, and more than any of that, a Bible to open. So isn't that interesting that the definition of thankful is being conscious of a benefit received? But I don't believe as believers that we are conscious enough of what this is to us. We we, we don't have that. And, And how many know you never know what you have until you lose it? And in other places, again, around the world, we've never, we've never had to go through that. We've never had a shortage of Bibles. But you know what's an interesting thing that we don't realize? I was talking to a guy this week that I met through a mutual friend, and I'm going to talk about him more later on down the road, possibly. But he, he was talking to me, and he's from Australia. Good day, mate. That's what he said to me when I talked to him on the phone. Good day, mate really strong Australian accent, and we were talking, and he is a missionary in the United States of America, and that sounds crazy, doesn't it? Did you know, most of you don't know, that I I consider myself a missionary in this country. When Carl and I moved back, the reason I moved back, because I had a heart for my country, because America's lost. America has more missionaries coming into America now than we're sending out. Countries all around the world are sending missionaries to America because I believe this is one of, that, one of the, if not the, most fertile ground in need for missionaries is our own country because we have gotten away from the Word of God. And so this man says, I'm, I'm in your country because God called me to the United States to be a missionary. That's, that's, that's a crazy thing to think about, amen? Amen. Now look at this, Psalms 107, verse 20 and 21. He sent His Word and healed them. He delivered them from their destructions. Leave that verse up for a second if you would. would Would you think with me this morning how much trouble we could stay out of if we would read this? Isn't that what this is telling us? How much more healthy we could be if we would read this? How much more at peace we would be if we could read this? How many know that peace and not stress goes a long way for your health? Has anybody recognized that when you're stressed, you're sick? And so it's saying He sent His Word and healed them, but it's His Word that healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And it goes on to say, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness. And for his wonderful works to the children of men. Church, if God never gave me anything else in the world, he gave me the greatest gift he could ever give me. Right here. His word. But if we don't read it, we can't have faith. When you don't have faith, listen to me closely. When you don't have faith, you're not reading your Bible. I'm lacking my faith. I'm, I'm down in my faith. You're not reading your Bible because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you, I've never met a person in my life who is reading this book the way they should read it as if it were food and consuming it as if it was the manual for their life. I've never met a person like that who's not victorious. I didn't say it didn't have problems. But I've never met a person who's not victorious, who's living by this life. Amen? Now, I know what happens. This is something that happens to us. Where's the men at this morning? Let me see all the men's hands. I understand sometimes the reason we don't read the Bible is because we understand this is the Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. And as soon as we hear instructions, it goes in the box. Women, can I get an amen? Men don't like to look at instructions when we put things together. Am I talking to anybody real here this morning? We're not going to pull that thing out because we know how to grab a screwdriver and a hammer and we know how to put things together. But it's not until we're done and there's screws left over or a piece that looks very important that's not on the thing or we stand back and look at it and it's crooked that we have to humble ourselves and say, Honey, where's the box? And look at the instructions. So I get it. We don't we don't sometimes read the Bible because we don't need instructions. But how many know the Bible's telling us I can keep you out of a lot of trouble? I can heal you. I can deliver you. I can set you free. I wish I says, I wish that men would give thanks for my goodness. Listen to this God's word is true. God's word is right. When everything else is wrong, this is right. And when this is right, everything else is wrong. Anything that contradicts this book is wrong. And God's Word is right. God's Word is perfect. Perfect. Oh, but men wrote it. Oh, but men, men were involved. God's Word is perfect. God's Word is good. And God's Word is everlasting. It was here way before you came. It's going to be here way after you leave. It's everlasting. Amen. Listen to this. The Bible is a collection. This is an interesting thing. I've said this before, but it really puts it into perspective. If we tried to write a book in this church together, maybe just over the last five years or even the last year, and we all had everybody writing and and everybody was putting it together, you can imagine the mess that that could be trying to put a book together. Well, God took this book and wrote it over 1,500 years span of time. And used 40 different men to write it in three different continents, in three different languages. And it came out to be a perfect book. That's why I know it's, we know it's miraculous and we know it's real. Has this book changed anybody's life in here this morning? Do I have anybody that this book, this book right here has changed your life? Amen. Has transformed your thinking? has opened your eyes, amen, as the Bible says, and taken us from the powers of darkness to the powers of light. But there's a unity in this that is so amazing. But here's where a lot of people miss out and don't understand the Bible, don't understand how to navigate it, don't understand how to read it. Because there's a cool picture I want to show you in a second that shows how You can have a word in Genesis chapter 3 verse 5 that has to do with Malachi chapter 4 verse 6, that has to do with Psalms 10 verse 8, that has to do with 1 Corinthians 15 verse 6, that has to do with Revelations 18 verse 9, and they're all intertwined together, and we don't understand how to read the Bible because we don't read it. And the more you read it, the more you see how everything in this book works together almost like the perfect organs in a body. Look at this diagram. That's just kind of I just found this this week and I thought it was so cool. All the ones on the bottom, those are the books from Genesis to Revelation, but look at all those lines. That's just for you to get an understanding of how the Bible works all those verse comes out of a verse and it goes to another verse and, and it all goes like this and it might look confusing but when you realize that it all works together god did not intend us to read this thing a, out of context he did not intend us to just take one verse and, and and do you know do the Sam's Club trail mix bible has anybody seen the Sam's Club trail mix bible at the, at Sam's well if you have i would love to see it because it doesn't exist amen but how many know we make up our own trail mix Bible? We, we, we go in and say, well, this sounds good, and we grab it out, and we grab something else out, and if we don't like that, we leave that there. And, and that's not the way it's supposed to work. God intended that we would read what the Bible says, the whole counsel of God. There's nothing in this Bible that's not supposed to be there. Every word the Bible says is inspired. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verse 16, all scripture, say all scripture, that's every word, is given by inspiration of God. Every word. If you don't believe that, just pick it up and get out of here. We'll we'll send you a Christmas card. You don't need to be here. If you don't believe that this book is inspired by God, then you're wasting your time. Because you must believe every word. You must understand that this is God's purposed book, and it's 66 books of perfection. It's not 58 books of perfection, or 63, or 42. It's 66 books of perfection inspired by God and profitable, or in other words, usable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction for instruction in righteousness when you begin to read this bible and you ask the holy spirit to help you and this is my call this is other people's call to preach and, and lead and teach is to help us understand we don't understand at first but i can guarantee you this the more you serve god and the more you read this book the more you fall in love with it I'm more excited about the Word of God today than I've ever been in my life. It's more real to me than it's ever been in my life. The more I read it, the more I find things in there that I have read before, but I'm like, wow, I forgot that was there. Or, wow, I'd never see that before. That's something new. But we have to understand that it's every word. Say that every word. I mean, there's some crazy stuff in the Bible. We've talked about that before. I've I don't know if I coined this or not, but it doesn't matter. I say Jerry Springer ain't got nothing on the Bible. Nothing. I mean, there's some crazy stuff here. If you, don't, I don't recommend you watch it, but if you have happened to ever seen a Jerry Springer show, the, the, the crazy stuff they have, who, they don't know who their mama is, their daddy is, their brother is. They don't know. It's crazy. That's nothing compared to the stories that's in the Bible. And some people would say, man, why would God put that in there? And that's exactly what makes it real. That's exactly what makes it real. Because when we have Thanksgiving friends over and family over, we're going to have everything set perfectly and beautifully at our house, and everything's going to look amazing. And that you're, the kitchen's going to look like it's to be on some magazine. Everything's going to be set beautifully. The house is going to be amazing. But they're not going to see your bedroom. They're not going to see all the clothes thrown on the bed. They're not going to see everything that you have on a normal day in your living room out. It's going to be put away because everything's going to look perfect. But that's not reality. God says, I'm going to put everything in there that happens so people can relate to this book and understand that it's for everyone. Amen? Scientifically, archaeologically, historically, and on and on, the Bible has proven itself over and over again here's some crazy things out of the Bible I just thought I'd hit a few things and and maybe you don't know these things and maybe you do and you know what Bible trivia is fun we we'll probably get back to this maybe for the rest of the year or we'll do it from time to time we'll have the we've had times in the past we've had the countdown with Bible trivia it'd be a good thing to do Bible trivia at home just get together with the family and study things and and if you don't know the answer go look Brian was all over the, my message at, at prayer and offering today we're talking about the open book test we have the book why are we failing? All we got to do is open it up. It, it, sometimes I feel like we're like, well, I don't want you know, to cheat. God's like, please open the book and look at the answers. Please. Cheat, if that's what you call it. Just read it. And it's right there. And his answers are right there. And he wants to move. He wants to do something great in our lives. But he's like, I just need you to open the book. Well, how come God's not answering me? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Are you, is God not answering you on Facebook? Is God not answering you on Instagram? Is God not answering you on cl- clock tick, or whatever Mario would say? I don't, tick, tock, tock, tick, whatever. How many get what I'm saying? It's, we're not in His Word. We're spending lots of times. We know how many followers we have. We know how, you know, we know we're not know, sure to do. Can you unfollow yourself? Is that possible, teenagers? Can you unfollow yourself on social media? Oh, maybe we should. We try to find a way. What can you do? Deactivate? Maybe we should hit the deactivate button for a while. Or maybe eternally, amen? And get off that Instagram and that social media and get our Bibles open, like old-fashioned. Oh, that's so old-fashioned. Well, they had good homes. They had good lives. They didn't have problems as much as we do... They just kind of, you know, that's the way our country was founded on this. Oh, everybody loves it. That's what this uh, this guy told me too. He says it's interesting that everybody talks about. It. He goes, "You listen to the so- you listen to social media and the news, and it sounds like a horrible country, but everybody wants to come here." He goes, "Every country I've ever been in that's so bad, no one wants to go there." You realize everybody still wants to come to America? Maybe you don't realize, but it's true. So Methuselah, does anybody know that name? and you're like, ah. He lived to be 969 years old. That's in the Bible. That's crazy. And what's crazy is history repeats itself. Once the rapture happens and we go into the millennial reign, people will start living that long again. They'll come back around. In Isaiah chapter 37, you don't have to look at this, Is just some stories from the Bible. Got, uh, Hezekiah, not Walker, amen, he's a singer. Hezekiah was praying To God to redeem him from his enemies. And God answered his prayer. And the Bible says he sent an angel and killed 185,000 Assyrians soldiers in one night. That's in the Bible. Crazy stuff. How about this? Did anybody know here today that the sun stopped one time? This is in the Bible. The sun stopped. I'll show you. Joshua chapter 10. Look at this. Verse 13. For the sun stood still... And the moon stopped, till the people had revenge upon their enemies. Is this not written? In by the way, this is a little teaching moment here. When it says written in the book of Jasher, or when it says written in the candles of the of the kings, or what they're saying is those are extra biblical books that give confirmation to the Bible. That's just a little free 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 note there. So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and did not hasten to go down for 24 hours. The sun stopped. Now, my question is this Does anybody in here this morning believe that you could pray and the sun could stop? Let me see your hand. I, I believe that could happen. How, why could that happen? Because anything's possible with God. Amen? Anything. Now, we don't know of another time that it's happened. But maybe he stopped it for a few minutes for us before. How many have seen God do some miracles that weren't explainable? And that's exactly why it's called a miracle. Because it's not explainable. In Numbers 22, this is a good one. And I know some of you are already going to have somebody in your mind. A donkey spoke. God used a donkey. And Balaam was riding him. And can you imagine riding your donkey and your donkey turns around and says, where are you going? This is not the right way. That's in the Bible. Oh, I don't know about that, Pastor. Oh, come on now. Really, Jonah swallowed, was swallowed by a whale? Really? Yes. Yes. Do you believe that? Here's the thing. If you don't, this is going to hit real hard. If you don't, then you're calling God a liar. You can't trail mix God. You either believe it all or you don't believe any of it all, any at all. How many believe it all? Every crazy story that was written in the Bible, how many believe it? Every single one. Crazier, the craziest, I believe it. And it's not, all oh, that's metaphorical or, no, the Bible's literal. It's literal. It has some things in there that we can understand, uh, a, s- a certain symbolism and different things like that, but it's literal. It's a real Bible for real people. It's a real manual. It's real instructions. How many knew that there were giants in the Bible? Amen. Amen. We have a giant here this morning in Matt Reed. Amen. <laughs> if, if Matt was to come stand for me a couple weeks ago, I was praying for him. I'm like, man, I hardly ever have to reach up <laughs> to pray for somebody. He's only 6'8". Am I right, Six, eight. Did you know that there were giants that were 9 and 10 feet tall on this earth? And a lot of times, and this is one of those things, I'm going to be honest with myself. I was reading, I read this verse, and I had read the verse before, but I had never seen this. And, and I want to ask a question here. How many of you have, have read the whole Bible? Let me see your hand. You've read the whole Bible. Okay, now, if you haven't read the whole Bible, put your hand up. If you haven't read the, you have to be one or the other, by the way. Can't be neutral. Okay, if you haven't read the whole Bible, let's read it this year. Let's read the whole thing. There's a challenge. There's even Bibles that you can buy that are called the one-year Bible, and it'll walk you through the whole thing, and in one year you'll have read the Bible. Because the question is, and I say this in love, why haven't you read the whole Bible? I know I'm not going to get your answers, but why? Why haven't we? We should, we should read the whole Bible because every that, that scripture told me in 2 Timothy, all scripture is instruction by God. And so maybe we're missing something in our lives. Maybe there's something that God has for us that we haven't read yet. And we're just kind of going by what pastor preaches on Sunday and maybe what the verse I get or someone shares with me a devotional. But we're not really reading the Bible like God wants us to read it. And maybe we're not really walking in the victory that God wants us to walk in. Look at this, Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 11. This is, this is the one that I, and I put it in the NLT only because it talks about cubits and I've never measured anything in a cubit before. King Og of Bashan was the last survivor of the giant... Raphaites, his bed, was made of iron and was more than thirteen feet long and six feet wide. You know, I, I I I most beds are about six feet, and the reason I know that is because my feet hang off of them, and I'm six foot four. So can you imagine the length of your bed is was the width of his was the width was was the width of his bed by thirteen feet. You don't have a 13-foot bed if you're not a giant. And it even says the word giant there. And it says it can still be seen in the Ammonite city of Rabbah. And this is another cool thing is archaeology has confirmed the Bible. The more time goes on, the more the Bible gets confirmed. Because we have ways to confirm things and figure things out. Did anybody know that Samson killed a 1,000 men with Balaam's jawbone? Amen? It wasn't actually Balaam's jawbone, but he did take a fresh donkey jawbone. Let's look at this, Judges chapter 15, verse 15. And he found the jawbone of a recently killed donkey, and he picked it up and killed a thousand Philistines with it. Amen. There's so much stuff in the Bible. that I mean, if I, if I were to tell you that stuff and, 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 and you not see it, you might go, that's not in the Bible. Crazy, Crazy stuff. Stuff that doesn't make sense. But you know why God puts all this stuff in there? Because He wants us to read it. There's not one verse, one word, one thing that's in there that God put to go, hey, you know what? I need the Bible to be a little thicker, so I'm just going to throw this in there so it looks better. It's not what He did it. He says all Scripture is, is profitable. Every single word is profitable for instruction and rebuke and correction. Amen. Now, I understand, church, that there are people, some, some people can read better. Some people don't like to read. Some people have problems with dyslexia. Some people have, there's all kinds of reasons why we don't read the Bible. But you know what they're all called? They're called excuses. That's the bottom line. Because we find a way to do what we want to do. Amen? Don't we find a way to do what we want to do? So if we're desperate and hungry, we can do it. We can search the scriptures. We can find a way. And I'm going to begin to close right here and somebody can say, amen. The last thing I want to say about the Bible is the musicians begin to come. Nobody can destroy it. It's indestructible. Amen. Indestructible. It has stood the test of time. They've tried to burn it. They've tried to drown it. They've tried to cut it up. They've tried to ban it. You know what happens? It's so funny. I love this about God. Whenever the devil, he's so stupid. Amen? He is so foolish. Whenever he tries to do something, it backfires on him. He tells Daniel, you can't pray. And Daniel says, I'm praying. And then he goes to the lion's den and the king gets saved. Every, I mean, I'm just, that's just one story of a million. You read the Bible, wherever the devil tries to shut the Christians up, more people get saved. Amen? Amen? We, we think there's nothing going on in China. Oh, I wish we could be underground right now in China. Oh, if we, we would be put to shame by the way they're praising God. Hello. Shouting unto God, clapping under God, worshiping God when they can't even be worshiping God because the law says they can't have a Bible and they're having an underground church. Wouldn't it be neat to be this morning instead of sitting here? I would love it. I can't speak for you, but sitting someplace in an underground church in Iraq with those, with those people lifting up their hands and worshiping God, knowing that if they get caught, they'll get their head cut off. That's real because this book changed their lives. It cannot be destroyed. 1 Peter chapter 1 says, all flesh, verse 24, is, a, is as grass. That means us. We're just going gonna to die. And all the glory of man is as the flowers of the grass. The grass withers, the flowers fade away, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. How many are thankful that the good news was preached to you this morning? Amen. Amen. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. I want to end with a story, one of my favorite stories. Many of you have heard it before, but many of you haven't. This is how God's power is. Back in the 1600s into the 1700s, the French philosopher, atheist, God-hater Voltaire did everything he could to criticize God, criticize the Bible, mock God all these different things and he made a statement in 1776 listen to this statement 100 years from my day there will not be a Bible on earth except one that is looked on as an antique and the only reason people will look at it is because they'll be curious of what the antique is he said in 100 years this Bible will be worthless Not even 50 years after Voltaire died, the house that he lived in was the house that was taken over by the Evangelical Society of Geneva for the Bible. And Bibles and Gospel tracts were printed on the same printer that his irreverent atheist works were printed on 50 years after his death. And to this day, that store still stands, and it's still printing Bibles. You tell me who's going to win, man or God. You can burn it. You can mock it. You can burn it. You can mock it. You can drown it. You can try to destroy it. But this word is living, and it's life-changing, and we should be thankful for it. Father, thank you for your word. I have hidden it in my heart. So I will not sin against it. I cannot speak for anybody else, but this book changed my life. This book continues to change my life. This book shows me there's nothing impossible for you. This book shows me that I can have peace in the middle of a storm. This book tells me how to prosper as my soul prospers. This book tells me how to have faith. This book tells me how to raise my kids. This book tells me how to treat my wife. This book tells me how to live my life. This book tells me what to do and what not to do. This book leads me like a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And Father, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for this word. And I thank you that this word found me. I thank you that this word changed me. I thank you that in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word is God. And nothing was made without God. And I thank you, Jesus, that you've always been. And you'll always be. And I thank you that this word is my salvation this morning. God, I can't speak for anybody else but help me today to not only be thankful conscious of the benefit I've received but help me use this word in respect and honor and fear and reverence so that I can be a better believer better husband better father better pastor and that I can glorify your name As I live according to this book to the very best of my abilities. I've hidden your word in my heart so I will not sin against it. Today as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, maybe one of the reasons that you sin and you do things that you do is because the word of God is not close. It's not in your heart. It's not in your ears. You're not reading it. You're not meditating on it. You're not you're not taking it in and when you're not reading it it's out of sight, out of mind it's easy to be tempted it's easy to do things that you know you shouldn't do but that's why he said I have hidden your word in my heart so I will not sin against it when you're doing right and you're reading the word and you're praying and you're speaking in tongues and you're living a life unto God it's difficult to sin it's difficult to make those mistakes when you're close to God That's what God wants this morning. He he wants you to love Him more than you love anything else. He's okay with you having a hobby. He's okay with you liking things. And He's okay with entertainment and all those different things. But if they become more important than God, that's idolatry. He's not okay with that. His same word says He's a jealous God. He doesn't share His glory with anyone. How many in this place this morning under the voice of this microphone and watching online and in this sanctuary from front to back and side to side could say, I have never accepted the Jesus of that Bible. I have never given my life to the Lord. I have never done what Romans 10 says, which is confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised Him from the dead. And today you want to do that. Today you want what this Bible says is eternal life you want what this Bible says is resurrection life as we sing about but you must accept what Jesus says in this word how many have never done that just lift your hand up put it right back down all across this place never done that never said that prayer I've never been born again how many watching online we're gonna say a prayer in just a moment you are not saved you are not born again you are not ready to meet Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior he would be a judge this morning and not a savior. Maybe you're here and you're backslidden, you're running, you're you're a prodigal son, you're, you're drifting away and you need to come home, you need to get right, you need to fall in love with Jesus again today. Would you lift your hand just between you and God. I see your hands, I see your hands. God bless you. God sees those hearts. You're going to say a prayer today of reconciliation. You're going to say, Lord, I'm sorry. You're going to come to this altar and you're going to say, God, I'm getting back on track. I'm going, to, I'm going to fall in love with you again. He loves you this morning. No matter where you've gone or what you've done, He wants you back. And you've already made half the step. Today we'll lead you in that prayer. As we stand to our feet this morning all across this place, we're going to say a sinner's prayer in just a moment for those that are watching online, those that are listening on on the podcast, and those that are here this morning that need to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ, we're going to pray a prayer that's straight out of this book. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. That's what his word says. He says, I died on the cross for your sins. I rose from the dead and I'm coming back again and that's the gospel news when everybody in this place especially those who raised their hands or those that are watching online say this after me Lord Jesus I am a sinner and I fall short of your glory your word says the wages of my sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life. Today I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that this book is real. Jesus, forgive me for all of my sins, all of my sh- shortcomings, all of my failures, all of my rebellion and pride. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross and rose from the dead. And I believe you're coming back again. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.